It has been 10 years since UNESCO designated the 1980 archives for the May 18th democratization movement as a human rights documentary heritage. Uh, The records are thought to have influenced similar democratic movements as spread throughout East Asia in the 1980s and are still regarded as an exemplary movement for democratization. And as we're remembering today, the 41st anniversary of the May 18th Gwangju uprising, we are pleased to have joining us in the studio the Senior Program Specialist at the Korea National Commission for UNESCO's Bureau of Sciences and Culture, Lee Dong-hyun, is here to take a closer look into the archives and discuss the uh, significance of the UNESCO designation. Sir, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. So it's been 10 years since UNESCO designated documents related to the May 18th movement, uh, more widely known as the Gwangju Uprising, as a human rights documentary heritage. Could you first tell us a little bit about what efforts led to UNESCO's designation and the significance it carries? Let's begin by talking about the selection criteria for UNESCO document heritage. As they reflect the significance of the designation, UNESCO has recommended the inscription of document heritage if the documents have world significance as well as authenticity and uniqueness. The documentary items related to the May 18th Democratic Uprising were designated in 2011 as they successfully met UNESCO's requirements. The May 18th Democratic Uprising was a protest movement uh, by the citizens of Gwangju that called for greater democratic freedoms in South Korea. It was violently suppressed by the military government at the time, but in the longer term, it played a pivotal role in the democratization of South Korea. It also had a wider effect on other countries in East Asia by helping to dissolve the Cold War structure and promote democracy in the region. Uh, In human history, victors usually seek to get rid of records showing the side of those defeated in failed uprising and revolutions in order to create a documentary trail that shows only their side of story and justifies their actions as well. However, in the case of the democratization movement in Gwangju, Uh, The events were recorded both by local citizens and foreign journalists, and very importantly, thanks to the determined efforts of those involved, these records survived, which is not always the case. Mm. The May 18th Democratic Uprising was uh, was a demonstration of the dignity and strength of people in the face of state violence. Their brave resistance against the continuous threats and oppression of the military government later became the catalyst for democracy. Uh, the records of the May 18th Democratic Uprising including, uh, include contemporary records that describe the actions taken by the local students and other citizens against the violence of the military forces and the fact that they were produced by people on the spot is significant in terms of historical research. Moreover, this documentary heritage contributed greatly to the establishment of uh, establishment the principles used when calculating official compensation for victims of human rights abuses and their families. The Human Rights Commission, UN Human Rights Commission, looked at the healing process that eventually followed the Gwangju uprising and used it to establish five major principles for determining the rules of compensation for human rights violation, namely fact-finding, 
punishment of perpetrators, restoration of honor, compensation, and memorial works to become criteria. Well, we thank you very much for that uh, overview of uh, how UNESCO has designated these. Maybe more specifics, could you tell us a bit about uh, what documents are included in the archives? They include the written documents, photos, films, and other images that relate related to the citizens' uprising, punishment of the perpetrators of the violence against the protesters, and compensation for the victims. By and large, they can be divided into three types. First, there are documents produced by the institutions of the government that came to power after the military coup in 1980. They include administrative documents of the central government as well as records of investigations and trials by military judicial authorities. All these types of documents created by public officials, both during and after the incident, are included, as well as situation reports and later documents relating to compensation showing the severity of the damage caused by the military crackdown. Second, there are documents produced by the general public at the time of the May 18th Democratic Uprising, such as oral statements, handwritten posters, and reporters' notebook and diaries. These documents reveal how desperate the situation was. Particularly compelling are the photos and films taken by foreign journalists from Germany, Japan, and other places that show the isolated situation in Gwangju. These photos and video footage were smuggled out of South Korea and televised overseas, letting the rest of the world know about the democratic uprising. Last but not least, there are documents produced by the National Assembly and Supreme Court in the process of truth and reconciliation that took place later, aiming to discover the truth and truth about the incident and restore the reputation of the people who had taken part in the uprising. A recovery process Took, uh, took place during the time of the military government following the May 18th democratic uprising, but the full-scale fact-finding and compensation process for victims were possible only after the civilian government returned to South Korea. And as you uh, briefly mentioned, the May 18th Gwangju democratic uprising and those documents that you, you've described have played a significant role in influencing other pro-democratic movements around the world, including countries like the Philippines, Thailand, and Vietnam. Could you tell us a little bit about how those archives have come to be viewed as uh, very exemplary cases of pro-democratic movements? And how significant is it that these documents are so influential? Yeah. As I mentioned before, the news about the May 18th Gwangju uprising was able to be reported thanks to the brave people, both local citizens and foreign correspondents, who recorded the evidence of it in written and visual form and got that evidence to where it could be published. The records of the democratic uprising were then later enriched after the military government fell down when testimonies by survivors and witnesses were finally released in the late 1980s. After the 1980s, various democratic movements took place in the Philippines, Thailand, Vietnam, and elsewhere, and many human rights activists have acknowledged the significant influence of the democratic uprising in South Korea on these movements. For example, opinion leaders in the field of human rights in Indonesia and Sri Lanka have called the May 18th democratic uprising an example and a goal for human rights activities in Asia as a whole, and a great source of inspiration in the human rights struggle. 
the records of the May 18th Democratic uprising and similar activities in other places around the world also show remarkable similarities, which makes the Gwangju document symbolic of such cases globally. For instance, uh, preserved films vividly portraying the incident in Gwangju are similar to voice tapes from the Philippines. Also, the sentencing of the Supreme Court condemning the leader of the opposition party to death can be compared to the sentencing of Nelson Mandela in South Africa. Cases of human rights violations in Gwangju that were examined and recorded by various human rights groups are similar to human rights documents collected from countries in Latin America, including Argentina, Chile, and Paraguay. And there are efforts to, to make all of this more widely known. Uh, a special exhibition is being held at the National Museum of Korean Contemporary History. Mm-hmm. Uh, the former director, uh, Chu Jin-ho, saying that he hopes that this is going to remind people of what happened in Gwangju. Uh, this was not just some regional event, but this was a national movement. What are your thoughts on how the exhibition would bring about maybe greater awareness, not just um, in Gwangju, but within Korea in regards to the May 18th movement? Um, Some documents and descriptions are actually so heartbreaking that Mm. you may think them unbelievable. But I think the exhibition now being held at the National Museum of Korean Contemporary History offers an opportunity to consider the instant in that in the modern history of the Republic of Korea. The exhibited items and stories offer a vivid reminder that the road to freedom is not always even and democracy does not come overnight. Many scholars around the world have pointed out that the May 18th Democratic Uprising was a turning point for democracy and human rights. For example, Bruce Cummings, a professor at the University of Chicago, said in 2005 that the May 18th Democratic Uprising helped South Korea escape dictatorship and America's control. It is now widely recognized in Korea that the May 18th movement in Gwangju was an undoubted fact. I hope that this exhibition helps to remind people that its effects were not geographically confined to Gwangju area, but created a ripple effect across the regional and national border, indispensable for democratization. Yeah, and we we talk about the influence around the world, particularly in other parts of Asia. Uh, There have been growing comparisons with what happened in Gwangju and what we're seeing right now with the military junta and the crackdown in Myanmar. What are your thoughts on the solidarity that is being formed between Gwangju and Myanmar? As we know, mass protests have been taking place across Myanmar since the military seized control on 1st February. With the military crackdown on these protests, the world is witnessing an outrageous attack on freedom, with hundreds of people being killed including children. It is needless to say that there are similarities between the May 18th Gwangju uprising 41 years ago and the ongoing protests in Myanmar. Many civic and religious groups across South Korea have issued statements to call for the restoration of democracy and peace in Myanmar and urging the international community to continue paying attention to the issue. I think this solidarity stems from Korean people's understanding of the situation in Myanmar as a result of South Korea's own history and a desire for Myanmar's people to follow in the footsteps of Gwangju to achieve their own freedom and liberty. I personally hope that people in Myanmar can successfully regain their peace, security, and democratic freedom as soon as possible. And we will be speaking to a Myanmarese activist on uh, that issue 
But Lee Dong-hyun, the uh, program specialist for Korea National Commission for UNESCO's Bureau of Sciences and Culture, thank you so much for joining us and uh, helping us understand it better. Thanks for having me today.